It's the Old Man Yells at Music podcast, a show about big and little hits from the 70s, 80s and 90s in the US, UK and Canada. Also forgotten albums, pop music on TV, and more. I'm your announcer Annie Stewart, and here's the old man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. Today we're looking at the charts of July 26, 1975. On the date of this chart, the World Football League opened its second season in San Antonio, Texas, when the hometown Wings beat the Charlotte Hornets 27-10. The league was set up as a competitor to the NFL, but despite poaching some star players, putting teams in new markets such as Hawaii, and implementing rules such as an action point after touchdowns instead of a kick, the league was plagued by the lack of network television coverage and frequent franchise relocations and dissolutions. The league would fold before the end of the season. Let's see what was going on in the culture beyond gridiron boondoggles. This is another month where the cinema box office was dominated by a movie that had been released earlier. July 1975's Five Weekends were among the 14 in a row where the list was topped by Jaws. So you might say that all of the films that came out this month were shark bait. The biggest success of these was The Other Side of the Mountain, a drama about real-life skier Jill Kinmont, who was paralyzed during a 1955 giant slalom race. Also having some success this month was the soapy tale of the pre-Civil War South, Mandingo, starring heavyweight boxer Ken Norton as a slave who is seduced by his master's wife. Also, the Disney western The Apple Dumpling Gang with Don Knotts, Tim Conway, and Bill Bixby, and Walking Tall Part Two the sequel to the 1973 hit about real-life crusading Tennessee sheriff Buford Pusser. Other releases included One of Our Dinosaurs is Missing, another live-action Disney flick, this one about a stolen brontosaurus skeleton. Smile, a comedy about a beauty pageant with a cast including Get Smart's Agent 99 Barbara Feldon, as well as a young Melanie Griffith. The Paul Newman private eye thriller The Drowning Pool, the exploitation sequel Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold, the trucker movie White Line Fever, the drag racing picture Return to Macon County, with future stars Nick Nolte and Don Johnson, and the South Africa-based adventure The Willby Conspiracy, with Sidney Poitier and Michael Caine. For TV, I'm going to look back at the July 26, 1975 BBC One broadcast schedule. It starts at 8.55 with the kids' shows Teddy Edward, The Mr. Men, The Brady Kids, and Play Away. At 9.55, it's the 1963 British film The Cracksman, about a locksmith who keeps getting tricked into breaking into places. Then another 1963 British film, What a Crazy World, starring Kim Wilde's father and featuring an appearance by Freddie and the Dreamers. Then five minutes of weather at 110, followed by the sports show Grandstand, featuring the British track cycling championships from Leicester, horse racing from Ascot, track and field from Gateshead, and show jumping from Wembley. At 510, we have Tom and Jerry cartoons, then news and sports updates, then a magic show called For My Next Trick. At 605, never mind. Just look up a BBC host who had a show with kids and was later revealed to be the last person who should have that job with kids, and you'll know why I'm not mentioning this show. 
640, it's another movie, the 1957 World War II sea battle film, The Animal, The Enemy Below with Robert Mitchum. At 8.15, it's Seaside Special, which apparently was some kind of traveling variety series and also a circus. There's more news at 9, then at 9.15, more of the show jumping. At 10.25, it's That's Life, a consumer affairs show. If you're Canadian, think Marketplace. If you're American, think Fight Back with David Horowitz. At 11.05, it was 11th Hour, a show that featured live plays about events currently in the news. Kind of like a less funny Saturday Night Live, that would be my guess. At 11.35 was the American Horror Anthology series Ghost Story, and a bit of weather and off-air at 12.30. Would this keep you away from the pub on a Saturday night? Not me neither. On the bestseller lists, top fiction titles included three future movies and a future miniseries. In the first category, there was Judith Rosner's Looking for Mr. Goodbar, the story of a woman who has a lot of random and increasingly dangerous sex. That later became a hit film starring Diane Keaton. Then there was The Great Train Robbery, Michael Crichton's fictional tale of a real-life British heist, which became a movie starring Sean Connery and Donald Sutherland. And The Boat, German author Lothar Gunther Buchheim's story of a World War II U-boat crew that became the acclaimed German film Das Boot. The future miniseries was James Clavell's Shogun, about a white guy who gains power in feudal Japan which got big ratings for NBC when they turned it into a Richard Chamberlain vehicle. Meanwhile, nonfiction readers were picking up TM, Discovering Inner Energy and Overcoming Stress by Harold H. Bloomfield, Michael Peter Kane, and Dennis T. Jaffe, which was an introduction to transcendental meditation. Transcendental meditation. The spiritual practice developed by former Beatles guru Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Also, Conversations with Kennedy. Washington Post editor Ben Bradley's recollection of talks he had with the 35th president of the United States. Nice Guys Finish Last, an autobiography by legendary baseball manager Leo DeRocher. And Kate, Charles Higgins, or Hyams, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, his biography of acting icon Catherine Hepburn. And for music news, I'm going to count down the top 10 of the Canadian album chart from this week. So here we go. Number 10, Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper. Alice's first LP as a solo artist and the inspiration for last year's Halloween special subject. Number 9, Chicago 7 by Chicago. Contains the jazz pop band's hits Harry Truman and Old Days. Number 8, Blue Sky Night Thunder by Michael Murphy, the most successful album for a Texas country singer. Number 7, Four Wheel Drive by Bachman Turner Overdrive, the fourth album for the popular Canadian rockers. Number 6, Greatest Hits by Elton John, his first singles compilation, but far from his last. Number five, Gorilla by James Taylor. This contains the folk rocker's hits, hit cover of How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. Number four, Tommy, the original motion picture soundtrack, music from the film version of The Who's Rock Opera. Number three, Blow by Blow by Jeff Beck, the biggest album for the legendary British guitarist. Number two, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy by Elton John. This one's big hit was Someone Saved My Life Tonight. And the number one album in Canada this week was Venus and Mars by Paul McCartney and Wings. This one had the hit Listen to What the Man Said. So now to the charts. Below the Top 40s. 
This week's Journey Below the Top 40s brings us a song by a group that may or may not have been named after a famous team of comic book superheroes. At number 95 in the U.S., it's Alvin Stone, The Birth and Death of a Gangster by the Fantastic Four. Formed in Detroit by 1965, in 1965, excuse me, the Fantastic Four had scored several hits on the R&B charts, but had never advanced past the bottom half of the Hot 100 by the time they released this, the title track from their first non-compilation LP. Alvin Stone, The Birth and Death of a Gangster, is sumptuous 70s soul funk that portrays the life of a fictional criminal. I was born to read the lyrics. Alvin Stone, The Birth of a Gangster. Leave him alone, because he's a sure enough gangster. Alvin wasn't out of knee pants good before he was running wild. As far as we could see back, he was always a problem child. They said Alvin was born and raised. He was raised from a bad, bad seed. One more in this ghetto is the one thing we don't need. Talking about Alvin Stone, the birth of a gangster. Leave him alone, because he's a sure enough gangster. What are you doing with a gun in your hand? Don't you know you'll go to jail? Anything I see, I want. I'm going to take it. Yes, I will. Life's been hard on me, but Lord, I know I'm going to make it. I don't care what they say or what they call me. No, no. Don't blame me for what I am. Blame it on society. Graduated from the boy in the street to the man behind the gun. Ordered people all around with a dirty look for everyone. But tell me, why do women throw, the, throw themselves at you, Alvin? I never will understand. They see that cool, cold cluster of diamond rings shining on every hand. But tell me, what good is it going to do you, Alvin? It's money you can't spend. You become rich overnight dealing in heroin. And as the title suggests, Alvin ends up dead by the end of the song, killed in a shootout with the FBI. Obviously, this didn't get as popular as tracks like The Temptations' Papa Was a Rolling Stone or Freddy's Dead by Curtis Mayfield. But I think it actually does belong up there with those and other tales of inner city street life from this period. Alvin Stone, The Birth and Death of a Gangster, peaked at number 74. The Fantastic Four never did reach the Pop Top 40, but they did manage one lower-charting UK single in 1979. They last recorded in 1990, and there is reportedly a current version of the group that does not contain any original members. Forty to thirty-one. Our first Top 40 hit is the American Number no. 32 song, Wasted Days and Wasted Nights by Freddie Fender. Born in San Benito, Texas in 1937, Baldemar Huerta began his music career in the late 50s, originally under the name El Bebop Kid, then under a name inspired by a guitar manufacturer. In 1959, he recorded the song Wasted Days and Wasted Nights, but just as the song was starting to take off, he was arrested for marijuana possession and spent three years in prison. In the mid-70s, he was only performing part-time when he was given the chance to record a song for a New Orleans indie label. The song, Before the Next Teardrop Falls, was picked up by a major and eventually went all the way to number one. As his follow-up, Fender re-recorded the song that had almost launched him 50 years earlier. Wasted Days and Wasted Nights is country mixed with Fats Domino-style early rock and roll. Am I wasting my days reading lyrics? Probably. Wasted days and wasted nights I have left for you behind, for you don't belong to me. Your heart belongs to someone else. Why should I keep loving you when I know that you're not true? And why should I call your name when you're to blame for making me blue? Don't you remember the day that you went away and left me? I was so lonely, prayed for you only, my love. 
Fender's voice is a mix of Mexican balladeer, soul crooner, and country drawl. It reached out of the radio and grabbed your eardrums. This is a nice story of talent winning out in spite of obstacles. Wasted Days and Wasted Nights peaked at number eight. It hit number six in Canada. Freddie Fender had two more pop hits, and he continued to record and perform, including stints in the supergroups Texas Tornadoes and Los Super 7. He died of lung cancer in 2006. We make our first stop in Britain for their number 39, Love Me Baby by Susan Cadigan. Born in Kingston, Jamaica in 1951, Susan Cadigan was a librarian who was discovered by legendary producer Lee Scratch Perry. He produced a single for her called Hurt So Good, which went all the way to number four in the UK. Love Me Baby was the follow-up. Love Me Baby is loping lover's rock reggae. See how you feel about the lyrics. Love me, baby, like I love you. Love me, baby. Make it come true. Love me, baby, because nobody loves you like I do. Like a ship needs a calm ocean. Baby, I need your love and devotion. Like a tree that bends in the wind. That's what we need for love to begin. Love is good when it goes our way. So hear me, baby, when I say, love me, baby. Her voice has kind of a strange quality. It sounds to my ears simultaneously sultry and virginal. It's like the girl next door inviting you over for a cup of tea with the promise of extra sugar, if you know what I mean. And of course you do. My dad joke innuendo is far from subtle. Love Me Baby peaked at number 22. Susan Cadigan had no further hits, but she would alternate between recording and going back to her library job for many years. Her most recent album is 2018's The Girl Who Cried. Now we're up to our first Canadian entry, the number 37, Round and Round, by Octavian. Formed in Ottawa in 1969, Octavian spent a few years gigging until finally getting a record deal and scoring a hit with the song Good Feeling to Know. Round and Round was the second single from their debut LP, Simple Kind of People. Round and Round is spare country pop. Let's circle the lyrics. Little did we know the time would change you and rearrange you. Little did we care for each other's feelings as the years were reeling. And they go round and round and round they go. Don't let them stop. They're going too slow. Don't let me off. I don't want to know. It might hurt me so. And little did we, and little did we know with one love fading and another waiting. And how blind we could we be? Two missed reasons. Or two missed reasons. That's what the lyrics say. I don't know. Two missed reasons as the years were reeling. And they go round and round and round they go. Don't let them stop. They're going too slow. Don't let me off. I don't want to know. It might hurt me so. And they go round and round. There are nice harmonies and sumptuous strings and an unexpected violin-only part at the end just when you think the song's over. But it's definitely on the this could make you go, go to sleep in the middle of the day end of 70s easy listening. Round and Round peaked at number 35. Octavian had no further hits. And they broke up in 1978, after which some members formed a new band called Chain Reaction. Lead singer John Polkinen later became a record executive, and his claim to fame was originally signing Alanis Morissette and launching her early pre-jagged little pill dance pop career. 
30 to 21. Our first top 30 hit is the number 28 Canadian record, Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. Born in Billstown, Arkansas in 1936, Glenn Campbell moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico in the mid-50s to join his uncle's band. Later, he moved to Los Angeles, where he became a session guitarist and was briefly a touring member of the Beach Boys. He scored his first solo pop hit in 1967, and to this point he'd had 15 top 40 hits, including three top 10s, but he'd been absent from the top 40 for four years when he released this, the first single and title track from his 28th LP. Rhinestone Cowboy is country pop about a guy doing what he can to make it big. Let's mosey on through the lyrics. I've been walking these streets so long, singing the same old song. I know every crack in these dirty sidewalks of Broadway, where hustle's the name of the game, and nice guys get washed away like the snow in the rain. There's been a load of compromising on the, mode to, on the road to my horizon, but I'm going to be where the lights are shining on me, like a rhinestone cowboy, riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo, like a rhinestone cowboy, getting cards and letters from people I don't even know, and offers coming over the phone. Well, I really don't mind the rain, and the smile can hide all the pain. But you're down when you're riding the train that's taken the long way. And I dream of the things I'll do with a subway token and a dollar tucked inside my shoe. It's a relatable tale about keeping your dream alive and being convinced that all the work and the rejection will eventually pay off. Campbell had gotten there a long time before this. I mean, he even had his own TV show for four years. But he was still able to go back and convey what the struggle was like. This is a country pop masterclass, in my opinion. Rhinestone Cowboy would hit number one in Canada and the U.S., got to number four in Britain. Glenn Campbell had four more hits, including another North American number one with 1977's Southern Nights. He had a lot of country hits in the 80s and continued to record and perform up to and just after he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, which he succumbed to in 2017. Now we have the number 29 song in America, Saturday Night Special by Leonard Skinner. Formed in Jacksonville, Florida in 1964, Leonard Skinner went through names such as My Backyard and Conquer the Worm before settling on a version of the name of a local high school gym teacher. They got signed to a major in the early 70s, and they had their first hit in 1974 with the top 10 Sweet Home Alabama. They had a second top 20 with Freebird, by the time they released this, the first single from their third album, Nothing Fancy. Saturday Night Special is a song about the dangers of firearms, particularly cheap handguns. Let me take a shot at the lyrics. Two feet they come a-creepin' like a black cat do, and two bodies are layin' naked, a creeper thinkin' he got nothing to lose. So he creeps into this house, yeah, and unlocks the door, and as a man's reaching for his trousers, he shoots him full of 38 holes. Mr. Saturday Night Special. Got a barrel that's blue and cold. That ain't good for nothing but putting men six feet in a hole. Big Jim's been drinking whiskey and playing poker on a losing night. And pretty soon old Jim starts a thinking, oh, somebody's been cheating and lying. So Big Jim commenced to fighting. I, won't tell, I wouldn't tell you no lie. Big Jim done pulled his pistol. He shot his friend right between the eyes. From a modern point of view, a band perceived as Confederate flag-loving rednecks doing a song that at one point advocates that all handguns are to be thrown into the ocean seems extremely incongruous. 
I'm not sure how many of their fans shared that view at this time, but this song didn't seem to hurt their sales, so I guess they were open-minded enough to listen to the argument for at least the length of one song. Saturday Night Special peaked at number 27. It reached number 63 in Canada. Leonard Skinner had two more hits, the second of which, What's Your Name, was the first single from their album Street Survivors, which came out just three days before a plane crash that took the lives of singer Ronnie Van Zant, guitarist Steve Gaines, and backup singer Cassie Gaines. The band broke up immediately after the crash, then reunited ten years later with Van Zant's brother Johnny on lead vocals. They remain an active touring act, although they have no more original members after guitarist Gary Rossington died this past March. Now let's go to the UK's number 27 song, Whispering Grass by Windsor Davies and Don Estelle. Windsor Davies and Don Estelle were veteran actors who gained fame in 1974 when they appeared in a British sitcom called It Ain't Half Hot, Mum, which followed a troop of British army officers who performed for their fellow soldiers stationed in India during the last days of World War II. The show became a hit, and to capitalize on its success, a recording of Davies and Estelle in character as Sergeant Major Tudor Williams and Gunner Lofty Sugden performing a song was released as a single. Whispering Grass is a jazz number that was recorded in the early 40s by artists such as Erskine, Haw Erskine Hawkins, Duke Ellington, and the Ink Spots. Here are some lyrics. I mean, here are some lyrics. You promised me green grass not to tell what you pro. Excuse me. Let me start again. You promised me green grass not to tell what you heard. Whispering grass, say, you can't keep your word. Keep your word. Why do you whisper green grass? Why tell the trees what ain't so? Whispering grass, the trees don't have to know. No, no. Why tell them all your secrets? Who kissed there long ago? Whispering grass, the trees don't need to know. Don't you tell it to the breeze, because she will tell the birds and bees. And everyone will know, because you told the blabbering trees. Yes, you told them once before. It's no secret anymore. Why tell them all the old things? They're buried under the snow. Whispering grass, don't tell the trees, because the trees don't need to know. Why do you whisper, green grass? Why tell the trees what ain't so? The first part is spoken by a guy with a deep voice, then the other guy sings, and then he's backed up by a chorus. I'm sure the 40s versions are exponentially better, but Britain seemed to have... Britain seemed to have a thing for buying records they saw characters sing on TV, over in our, especially in our timeline. Robson and Jerome, Vic Reeves, The Young Ones, those are just ones I've covered so far. People needed to, apparently needed to own the songs they saw on the telly. I wonder if ever, anyone ever figured out why. Whispering Grass was down after hitting number one. Windsor Davies and Donna Stell, still in character, followed up followed this up by just missing the top 40 with a cover of the Mills Brothers' Paper Doll. It Ain't Half Hot, Mum, ran until 1981. Donna Stell died in 2003, while Windsor Davies died in 2019. 2211. Our first top 20 song is the UK number 19, Fodiote by the Rubettes. 
Formed in 1974, the Rivettes were a group of studio musicians assembled to record a single called Sugar Baby Love. After that song hit number one, a new permanent group was created to tour and continue recording. This version had picked up three hits, including two more top tens by the time they released this, the first single from their self-titled third album. Fodiod is a mix of rockabilly and doo-wop. Here's some lyrics. Come on, babe, we're going to have some fun. Fodiod, dum-dum. Well, you know that you know that you're my number one. You're my number one. Fodiod, dum-dum. Fodiod, dun-do. Come on, baby, let's go. Let's go. Fodiod, do-do. Come on, come on. Let everybody know that I love you so. Fodiod, do-do. Going to get some money in my jeans and put it all on the record machine. My little darling, give it all you got. Come on, baby, don't stop. Don't stop. These guys seem to be pitched somewhere between the glam of groups like Wizard and Mud and the all-out 50s revivalism of Shawadiwadi and their ilk. This song seems very contrived and tossed off, and I don't care about it because it doesn't seem like they did. Fodiodi peaked at number 15. The Rubettes would have four more hits, including one more top ten. The group has continued on since in various iterations, and there have been lawsuits between members over who owns the rights to, to the name. There are two current active versions, one featuring guitarist Alan Williams, the other featuring keyboardist Bill Hurd. Next, we have the number 17 song in Canada, Wildfire by Michael Murphy. Born in Dallas in 1945, Michael Murphy moved to California in the mid-60s, where he formed a band with future monkey Michael Nesmith. He picked up a top 40 hit in 1972 with the title track from his debut album, Geronimo's Cadillac, but he didn't return to the charts until he released this, the first single from his fourth LP, Blue Sky Night Thunder. Wildfire is country pop about a girl who dies while looking for her escaped pony during a blizzard, and then both her and her horse may now be ghosts, and may, and may be about to return during another bad winter to visit the guy who is currently settling on what was her home. Seriously, listen to the lyrics if you don't believe me. She comes down from Yellow Mountain. On a dark, flat land she rides on a pony she named Wildfire, with a whirlwind by her side. On a cold Nebraska night, oh, they say she died one winter when there came a killing frost, and the pony she named Wildfire busted down its, its stall. In a blizzard, he was lost. She ran, calling wildfire. By the dark of the moon, I planted, but there came an early snow. There's been a hoot owl howling by my window now for six nights in a row. She's coming for me, I know. And on wildfire, we're both going to go. On wildfire, we're going to ride, going to leave sod busting behind. Get these hard times right out of our minds, riding wildfire. I don't know why, but I've grown to love this song. It's cheesy and kind of goofy and very easy to make fun of, but maybe because I remember hearing it as a young child, it unlocks nostalgia and feelings of innocence. And I'm not even a horse person, although I have been on one a few times, but that was a long, long time ago. Wildfire was on its way down after reaching number one. It got to number three in the U.S. Michael Murphy had two more pop hits, and quite a few more on the country charts, many under his full name of Michael Martin Murphy. He continues to record and perform, and, perform, and he released an album with his son Ryan called Road Beyond the View last year. 
Now we're at the number 18 song in the USA. I'm on Fire by the Dwight Twilley Band. Formed in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1967, the Dwight Twilley Band originated when guitarist and keyboardist Twilley met bassist and drummer Phil Seymour at a, at a movie theater that was showing the Beatles film A Hard Day's Night. The two began working together as Oyster. Then they made their way to Los Angeles, changed their name, signed with a label co- signed with a label co-owned by singer-songwriter singer-songwriter, excuse me, Leon Russell, and released this single. I'm on fire is Peppy Power Pop. Let's burn through some lyrics. Got your lady on the line, got your name on the cover. Though your friends are 99, honey, you ain't got no lover. And you ain't, you ain't, you ain't got no lover. And you ain't, you ain't, you ain't got no other. I remember the feeling that I could be free. Now I know it could never, never be me, because I'm on fire. Got myself on fire. Got your joke around the table. You've been told from time to time, I'll be willing, I'll be able. You could read between the lines. Not much to say about this one. It's just insanely catchy rock and roll. For some reason, a lot of stuff like this fell through the cracks of the 70s and 80s, but thankfully, this was one of the ones that didn't. I'm on Fire peaked at number 16. It only got to number 57 in Canada. The Dwight Twilley Band had no further hits, and they released two albums before breaking up in 1977. A lost third album and a live album were released years later. Phil Seymour had a top 40 solo hit in 1982 with Precious to Me, while Twilley had one of his own two years later with the song called Girls. Seymour died of cancer in 1993, while Twilley continues to make music. His most recent album, Always, came out in 2014. Top Tens Our first Top Ten song is America's Number Ten, Rockin' Chair by Gwen McRae. Born in Pensacola, Florida in 1943, Gwen Mosley met and married George McRae in 1963, and they began recording and performing together. They pursued solo careers in the 70s, and in 1974, George broke through with the Triple Crown winning Rock Your Baby. A year later, Gwen released this, the title track from her second album. Rock and Share is languid disco soul that was meant to be an answer to her husband's smash. Let me sit down and have a read of the lyrics. Sexy baby, good loving daddy, let me be your rocking chair. Just rock me away from here. Let's get it on. Come to me, baby. Let me be your rocking chair. Just rock me away from here. Let your arms shelter me from all hurt and pain. Light my heart with your everlasting flame. Rock me gently. Make me feel like a cloud in the sky. Whisper softly. Let my heart take wing and fly. Both McRae's recorded at this time for the Miami label TK Records, the label that was also home to future disco superstars Casey and the Sunshine Band. Casey himself, a.k.a. Harry Wayne Casey, co-wrote and co-produced Rock Your Baby, but he didn't have anything to do with this record. But the sound of it makes it clear that both songs are the product of the same scene. Rock and Chair peaked at number nine. It hit number 23 in Canada. Gwen McRae had no further pop hits, but she continued to perform until she suffered a stroke after a 2012 show in London, which left her partially paralyzed and, and unable to walk. I'm not sure of what her status is at the moment. Top 
Now we look at the UK number two, Barbados by Typically Tropical. Formed in London in 1974, Typically Tropical were Jeff Calvert and Max West, two audio engineers for the British reggae label Trojan Records. They put together a demo including this song and signed with a label to finish it and release it. Barbados is pop reggae about dreaming of a Caribbean vacation. It opens with the sound of an airplane taking off, then goes on like this. Coconut Airways 372, air traffic control 136.7, received good day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain Tobias Wilcock. Welcome you aboard Coconut Airways Flight 372 to Bridgetown, Barbados. We will be flying at a height of 32,000 feet and at and at an airspeed of, an, of approximately 600 miles per hour. Refreshments will be served after takeoff. Kindly fasten, kindly fasten your seatbelts and refrain from smoking until the aircraft is airborne. Whoa, I'm going to Barbados. Whoa, back to the palm trees. Whoa, I'm going to see my girlfriend. Whoa, in the sunny Caribbean Sea. I don't want to be a bus driver all my life. I've seen too much of Brixton Town in the night. Fly away on coconut airways. Fly me high, Bar- Barbados sky. I look up to the. I look up to the sky and I see the clouds. I look down at the ground and I see the rain go down the drains. Fly away on coconut airways. Fly me high, Barbados sky. Far away from London town in the rain. It's really nice to be home again. Mary Jane met the coconut airplane. Now I know she loves me so. This is completely disposable. It evaporates as soon as it ends. It makes 90s UB40 sound authentic. It's almost too slight to even be a commercial jingle. You, I just gotta say, you don't need to hear this. Just imagine stock island music and a stereotypical West Indies accent and you pretty much got the gist of this. Barbados would actually hit number one. Typically, Tropical released two more singles, but neither charted. Calvert and West would have one more hit as songwriters, penning the 1978 disco novelty, I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper, which was the first hit for the future ex-Mrs. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Sarah Brightman. come back to Canada for number 10, Dynamite by Bazooka. Formed in 1975, Bazooka was a studio group put together by New Jersey native Tony Camillo, who was best known at this point for co-producing the Gladys Knight and the Pips classic, Midnight Train to Georgia. Dynamite was the first single from their self-titled debut album. Dynamite is a mostly instrumental funk track with random whistles and explosions, as well as exclamations of the title, which at the time was the catchphrase of J.J. Evans, the character played by Jimmy Walker on the hit Norman Lear sitcom Good Times. This is pretty good as novelty cash-ins go. I think it could have easily been an instrumental hit without the J.J. connection. But to me, it's a shame that the Good Times theme song itself was never released as a single. To me, that was, as the kids may or may not still say, a banger. And you can go ahead and picture me as Steve Buscemi from that episode of 30 Rock when when you go back and hear me say that last sentence. To to be honest, it's pretty accurate. That's a pretty accurate reflection of me. Dynamite picked at number eight. 
peaked at number eight, excuse me. It picked at number eight. Anyway, it hit number 10 in the U.S. and number 28 in Britain. Bazooka had no further hits, and they disbanded in 1979. Tony Camillo continued to produce records, write film scores, and operate a recording studio until his death in 2018. We'll do the recaps and focus on a number one right after this. Hi, Roger Stroop here. As I'm sure you know, Old Man Yeltsin Music has a Patreon. I have for a while, but now I've streamlined it. Two tiers and guaranteed bonus content at both levels. It's simple. And when you join, you will get a mention on the show. And it'll give you a song from my charts. You can tell your friends you have a hit. Just go on patreon.com slash music, pick a tier, and sign up. You'll warm this old man's heart. Thank you. It's time for the countdowns. First, we'll do Britain. Number 10, Sealed with a Kiss by Brian Hyland, a reissue of the New York Singer's 1962 hit. Number 9, Je T'aime, One en by Judge Dredd, the naughty reggae man's cover of the highly suggestive Serge Gainsbourg, Jane Birkin hit. Number 8, 18 with a Bullet by Pete Wingfield, the biggest hit for a singer from Hampshire. You know, the old one in England. Number 7, The Hustle by Van McCoy and the Soul City Orchestra one of the founding pillars of disco. Number six, Have You Seen Her, Oh Girl by The Chi Lights, a re-release of two of the Chicago soul group's biggest hits. Number five, Rolling Stone by David Essex, the fifth top ten for the singer best known for Rock On. Number four, Misty by Ray Stevens, the novelty hitmaker's straight country cover of the Johnny Mathis classic Jessica Walter wanted Clint Eastwood to play in a movie whose name escapes me. Number three, Tears on My Pillow by Johnny Nash. The singer known for I Can See Clearly Now went to number one with a song that isn't a Little Anthony and the Imperials cover. Number two, Barbados by Typically Tropical. And the number one song in the United Kingdom this week was Give a Little Love by the Bay City Rollers, the second number one for the Scottish band. Now let's do America. Number 10, Rockin' Chair by Gwen McRae. Number 9, Midnight Blue by Melissa Manchester, the first hit for a New York singer. Number 8, Someone Saved My Life Tonight by Elton John, his 12th top 10. Number 7, Jive Talkin' by the Bee Gees, the Gibbs reinvention as Disco Demons. Number 6, Swearin' to God by Frankie Valli, a solo hit by One of the Four Seasons. I think he's Summer. Number 5, Listen to What the Man Said by Wings the second number one for Paul's second band. Number four, Please, Mr. Please by Olivia Newton-John. She asks a cowboy not to play a certain song on the, ju- on the jukebox. Number three, One of These Nights by the Eagles, their second number one. Number two, I'm Not in Love by 10CC, their biggest American hit. And the number one song in the USA this week was The Hustle by Van McCoy and the Soul City Orchestra. And after being so polite and patient, it's Canada's turn. Number 10, Dynamite by Bazooka. Number 9, Christina by Terry Jacks, the third top 10 for the Seasons in the Sun singer. Number 8, Only Women Bleed by Alice Cooper. The shock rocker gets sensitive and laments the plight of the opposite sex. Number 7, Swearing to God by Frankie Valley. Number 6, I'm Not in Love by 10CC. Number 5, Please Mr. Please by Olivia Newton-John. Number four, Listen to What the Man Said by Wings, 
Number three, I'm Not Lisa by Jesse Coulter. The biggest pop hit for a country singer who is married to Waylon Jennings. Number two, Magic by Pilot. And number one here for a Scottish band. And the number one song in Canada this week, and the one in our spotlight, was... The Hustle by Van McCoy and the Soul City Orchestra. Spotlight number one. Born in Washington, D.C. in 1940, Van McCoy began his recording career in the early 60s. But aside from a 1965 Canadian top 10 hit called Butterfly, his success for the first decade plus of his career had come as a songwriter as he wrote hits for artists like the Shirelles, the Marvelettes, and Jackie Wilson. The Hustle was the first single from his fourth LP, Disco Baby. The Hustle is a mostly instrumental track inspired by McCoy watching nightclub patrons performing a dance that originated in New York's Puerto Rican community in the early 70s. The only vocals are singers urging listeners to, ooh, do it, do the hustle. It's got the big orchestration that would become typical of the genre, and the main melody is played on piccolo. More than any song, this codified disco. It evokes images of leisure suits and flowy calf-length dresses, expensive cocktails, lighted dance floors, gold medallions, bathroom, dal bathroom dalliances followed by lines of coke, that kind of thing. If you divorce it from history and context, it might seem innocuous and even quaint. But in reality, it's like the shiny veneer finish on a chest of drawers filled with porn and mirrors with grooves carved in them. Now that's an image. Anyway, this was the first of two weeks at number one for The Hustle. It also hit number one in the U.S., but it missed the Triple Crown by only reaching number three in the U.K. Ironically, Van McCoy's only... Three other top 40 hits were all in Britain, including a top five with The Shuffle. He died of a heart attack in 1979, aged only 39. So how to sum up the pop music of July 1975. The mellow sounds that dominated a lot of the first half of the decade were still doing well. Rock was strong, and in North America, country was having one of its stronger mainstream runs. But disco was starting to flex its finely toned booty muscles, and the seeds of its future domination were growing and taking root. Old Man Yells at You For Old Man Yells at You, I'll start with the 2014 documentary Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me, which follows the country legend on his final tour. Then enjoy the power-pop goodness of the Dwight Twilley Band's Sincerely album. And finally, stream some episodes of Good Times. It's on Peacock in the States and ctv.ca in Canada. Obviously, the early ones before John Amos left are the best. But you can see a very young Janet Jackson in the later years. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music Podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook feed at Mr. B. Glovehead or in the blog post of the episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Or you can check out the Instagram and Threads accounts at Old Man Yells at Music. And if you didn't get all that, all the links are on my Old Man Yells at Music link tree. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I will link to in the show notes. 
Also in the show notes is a link to my Patreon, where you can support the show and get all the bonus Microdose episodes, including the latest with the Carpenters. You make my charts just like Mike Birmingham. All lyrics recorded are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time on the show, it's, chart, it's charts again. August of 1988 this time. Back to the days when Americans, when Americans thought Michael Dukakis could be their next president, and Canada still loved Ben Johnson. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, reminding you that Freddie Fender didn't finish last in the race walk in the Rock and Roll Sports Classic. Remember, he beat that one guy from Shana Na. I really should go back and watch that. Stay safe.